welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook. Thank you so much for joining me once again for these conversations with musicians. And for this episode, I'm joined by singer, pianist and composer Adina Lumu. Adina's part of the trio called Lumu, which includes double bassist and sound tinkerer, which I think is a great expression for someone who clearly plays around with the e-bass and synths and things. Uh, his name's Simon Iton and drummer Andy Shilka. And they've also got on this album, there's an eight piece string and brass ensemble. And that all together, this is a collection of music that's just playful and jazz inspired, but it's also got this Nordic sensitivity, which I'm going to try to get to the bottom of in my conversation with Adina. What you're listening to now is an extract from Castle, which is one of the tracks on Elephant Love Song. I'm going to get to the bottom of the album title with Adina. They actually describe their music as a bit of a musical daydream, which I think is lovely. There are also music videos available online. I'll put the link in the show notes. So over now to my conversation with Adina Lumu. Thank you for joining me for Harmonious World. And uh, I'm very much enjoying uh, Elephant Love Song. And Thank you. I, I want to talk to you about the album itself, but I, um, can we start by talking about the title? Because it's not the title of any of the pieces. So where did that title come from? Oh, that's a very good question. So the title, I really like to have um, titles of the album which aren't songs. So that's kind of a I don't know I, I just like that because I wouldn't want to have one of the songs sound more important than the others oh yeah so um I really like to have a title which sort of concludes the whole thing and uh, the title actually it was a working title I just had to find a title and that was just the first which came to mind um and I, it wasn't supposed to be the title in the end at all. But then actually things happened, like with my friend who died. And the thing with the elephants was um, sort of an important part between us. He oh. used to um, uh, always buy elephants for me. Whenever he would find things with elephants on it, he'd buy it and give it to me. And so... In the end, it's, it suddenly had this new meaning and wow. I had to keep it. That wasn't intentional at all. So I don't know where that came from. That just happened. That's a wonderful story, though, because that's I think that's the best thing about music is that sometimes it channels things that we don't know where it comes from and it just yeah. appears. Yeah, there are actually a couple of sentences in the songs, which I didn't really know what I meant with it when I wrote them but then they yeah they they uh, became that very important thing after he died so that happened but mostly in the title and also I really like elephants so <laughs> elephants are the symbol of, of something very strong which I really like and an elephant love song is sort of like a very strong love song so. yeah but I think elephants are also they feel as if they're very 
peaceful creatures. Yeah, exactly. You know? Because yes. they can be, because they're so big, nobody's going to argue with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish I was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you write the uh, tracks for the album? Oh, well, well um, actually, it's, it's a combination. Like one of the tunes... Uh, fragments which I think is one of the main tunes of the album I wrote it in 2011 and I used to play it with my friend um, uh, with two guitars for we had this duo which has played with two guitars for years I'd, I'd say yeah and then I arranged it for string quartets but I never recorded it and I just I just forgot about the song and then during the lockdown actually I I found it again because I had time to go through my old stuff and I found it and realized suddenly it had uh, it had gotten this new meaning with this uh, like old world and new world and I rearranged it for piano and string quartet and then we recorded it this is a very old tune and then there is a couple I wrote from in between the last album, which we recorded in 2016. Yes. And um, I started to write new songs then. And a couple of songs like Crossfades, we've been playing ever since then. So we, we've played it now for six years or so. We're really tired of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and then some of the scenes were really just, I wrote them really directly before we recorded so we just practiced once and then we recorded it so it's like a mixture uh, really yes very much mixed mixture one of my favorites actually is circle of existence I really like that oh thank you well that's the new one that's the one I recorded I I wrote it during the lockdown and we we were supposed to record right after but uh, you know things happened and everything was postponed so yeah uh, but that that's actually the one the newest oh okay well that's yeah. a, I, I really like that one Thank particularly you. one of the things that I like about this album is that they're all different although there's there's something that runs through it about that's I think your voice and the the sense of it's almost like a folk melody thing going on yeah. but they're all arranged in different ways and that's really nice yeah, I like that too. I really like to to do different, try different things all the time. Come sit by my window. This is the track uh, I was just talking about, Circle of Existence, from Elephant Love Song. And find out there's no way you can run 
So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you learn your musical craft? Uh, well, really, from really an early age on, I started to play piano when I was four. I tried, I tried things. Then I played violin for many years. And um, I was mostly classical trained back then. I mean, my, my dad's a musician, so we had all, um, or he's like a music teacher, that we had all the styles going on all the time. Like really from from baroque to hard rock basically so everything and um, but then when i was 12 i discovered the beatles and that was when things really changed and i i started to play piano in a more modern way and started to to sing as well while playing and i formed my first band when i was 13 and then we we played Mostly what was hip back then, so that was mostly punk rock and blues rock. I come from a place where there's a lot of rock music. So we, we played that, <laughs> those yeah. things for many years. Um, but it wasn't quite enough for me. So I discovered jazz when I was a teenager. And mostly Oscar Peterson was like the first one I discovered. And I wanted to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, decided to become a jazz pianist then and also I always knew I was going to be a composer like a real composer for orchestra and stuff that was like I always knew that I think I was five when I decided to do that but I just knew I wanted to be a musician on stage as well so um, then I I started to study jazz piano when I was uh, 21 and uh, I studied first uh, my bachelor in Lucerne at the jazz school. And then I went to Copenhagen. And I also studied some singing um, in Copenhagen and Zurich. And then after I graduated piano, I started to study film music comp composition. So I kind of did the whole thing I wanted to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think... Um... Because you have all of those different influences and those different styles under your fingertips, I think that's why there's such a variety of genres, if you like, on the album. Yeah, I can't help it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very influenced by the whole music, the folk music and and the psychedelic rock music from the 60s and 70s. But I studied jazz and classical. So, yeah, it's it's a mixture. But what I think is is very important to me is, is the lyrics. So for me, it's it's really important what I sing about, and that that kind of makes it sound like more folk uh, like. Yes. Compared to jazz or pop, so I think that that's what what sometimes confuses people. There is that folk element, that that storytelling, isn't there? Oh yeah, I I've been called Mary Poppins a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And so when you go out, when you when you play live, do you play mainly with Simon Eitan and Andy Shilker? Yes. Yeah, we've been doing that for 10 years or 12 years, uh, something like that. So we we mainly play in a trio. Like since 2012, we play in a trio. But recently we started to 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 open it up a bit so we've started to play in quartet with a violin 
but really just recently and I really like it I I realize now that I've been missing this melody part in my music and I love to arrange things I mean that's like the nicest thing on earth to arrange my music and to have another melody instrument is so nice so now we're playing in a with violin sometimes but recently we just played this big concert with a string quartet and three horns and a trio wow and that was so amazing so I'm really trying to find gigs where we can play with 10 people yes yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah, so all the elements which which are on the album were on stage, actually. And um, so now I'm trying, I mean, I've been doing this for 13 years now, and it's really time for a little bit of, of change. So I'm trying to find gigs where we can play in, in different settings. So yeah. um, if necessary, I play alone. I don't like to do that so much, but I can do that. And then we can play in a trio and then we can play with additional <laughs> instruments yes. Yes. up to Tentet. Right. Now, all of these tracks on the album are originals. I'm yes. interested to know what what would you do if you were going to do cover versions or standards and that sort of thing? What, what are your go-to tracks? Well, that's a really good question. I've been... I want to do that actually. So my go-to tracks, um, I think, would be songs which have been very important to me. Yeah, of course, but also maybe strange songs, <laughs> songs which haven't been played that often. So, do you want some titles? That's really difficult. Well, I don't want um, to put you on the spot, but I just, <laughs> you know, I just wondered where you would get that, uh, those ideas from. Um, I mean, I think the first tune I'd do as a cover would be Here Comes the Sun. Right. That's a great track. But I mean, it's been, there's a great version of Nina Simone. So yeah, um, I would try, I, I think so. Um, I was taught when I was a teenager um, that, don't do covers unless you can make it better than the original. Yeah. So uh, that's why I've never played Beatles songs. I mean, except once. I I once broke my uh, wrist, my right wrist. So I had to play gigs with only my left hand. And then I played While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh. Um, because I it just happened. I could arrange it for one hand. And also Riverman by um, Nick Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think I would play Nick Drake songs. Um, I I have I I mean I have I've had a band where we did covers with my sister. So I rearranged tunes for four voices and cello and bass clarinet and glockenspiel and piano, and we did Leonard Cohen. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, three songs by Leonard Cohen. And there are some songs by him and Judy Collins, even though she's doing covers as well, um, that I really like. But I also think it would be really interesting to try to do something with uh, Pink Floyd tunes. Yeah. Try to um, like try something very new. Yes. 
I think especially because they're very male, aren't they? You know, oh, Pink yeah. Floyd, yes. you know, the way they perform, the, their production, everything is very male. It's very testosterone very driven. Male. So actually to do exactly. it from a feminine perspective would be very interesting. Yes, I think that would be interesting with some of the bands from the 70s, yeah. like rock bands. So this is something I've been thinking about, actually. It, oh, I just I don't know which setting, uh, which why I should do it and how. No. Um, but I think uh, um, I'd probably try to do something. I mean, there are, there is one song by by John Lennon called "How," a tune which nobody ever plays. But no. I think it's it's such a great song. It's also been really really important to me. So I think I'd I try to dig out some of those tunes by my idols or whatever. Um, which haven't been played that often. Right. And um, there's also this uh, strange tune by um, Elliot Smith called, what's it called? Everything Means Nothing to Me. Okay. Really strange tune. I'd really like to try and do something even more strange with it. Yes. And I think the reason for my asking that question was because clearly arranging is, is, something that you're very interested in and something you're very good at because because these yeah. are all the arrangements are all very different and that's that's really interesting musically and I, so i think it would be uh fascinating to hear you do something else somebody else's work in a different yeah. way yeah oh that's there nice you go that's a challenge me. yes it is <laughs> yeah. i mean it would be and it would be a relief for me for once to only just have to arrange things yeah uh, I would really like to do that, but I think, I think this thing is stuck in my head that it has to be very good, and it has to have, um, you have to have a reason, or th- there needs to be some some kind of, I don't know, it needs, needs to be evident or whatever. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. I, yeah, I think. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think um, somebody like Jamie Cullum. Yes. you know another pianist he does he does a lot of arrangements and 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 he'll play a song and, and you go oh yeah i really like that he, i don't know when he wrote that and then you realize it's by somebody really random you know yeah. who, who did a, a, a like you say a punk version or something like that and it's like yeah he does it so differently and and that i think is is when it becomes interesting i'm I'm less interested in um you know people doing the the standard you know the american songbook thing yeah in the yeah, same yeah. way yeah, yeah. I was yeah. bored by that during the jazz school all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so Jamie Collum is a very good example. Yeah. And um, I think I've discovered lots of songs because of him. So I, I'd i listen to the tune and I think, wow, that's such a great tune. He just wrote another wonderful yeah. piece. And then I realized, I oh, know it was Billie Eilish. So... Exactly. That's right. <laughs> yes. It's those sort of things. Yeah. 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 So that's he's crazy. a master at that. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much for for joining me. It was that was really interesting. I really enjoyed that conversation. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Yeah, me Adina. too. Thank you. Where have all the melodies gone in a shape of blue?
thank you for joining me once more for Harmonious World. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Adina. What you're listening to now is an extract from The Hope of Fools, which is the final track on Elephant Love Song. Thank you for joining me once more on Harmonious World. And do enjoy listening to a little more of this wonderful album. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, could you just click on whatever link there is to share or review or rate and just take a moment to either copy it to send it to somebody who you think might enjoy it or to give me a review. I'd be happy to have reviews on any of the platforms. They all help people find me. Has our conscience outgrown my intentions too? Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World. <laughs>